0: Hello and welcome back to the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stishon, and once again I'm bringing you one of the scariest, creepiest, and most skin-crawling tales of terror that the golden age of radio had to offer. This week's story is about three sisters, two of which are jealous of the third for all of her success and the fatal consequences when jealousy turns into action. Today, the cast of Christine McNeil, Cassie D'Almo, Madeline Dower, and myself reincarnate The Strange Sisters from The Whistler, which originally aired on January 28, 1946. So turn off the lights, gather round, and remember, these tales get your grandpappy first, and enjoy the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I am the Whistler, and I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. The three Randall girls were as different from each other as day and night. Even the people of Newton, who had watched them grow up, found it hard to accept the fact that they were sisters. Pamela, the oldest, was forceful and overbearing. Kathy, the youngest, was a weakling. Life was a little too complicated for her. Yes, Pamela and Kathy were two extremes. And Sally, the third sister, was in the middle, both in temperament and age. The combination of Pamela's strength and Kathy's frailty had produced in Sally a kind of radiance that had made life easy for her. That had made her sure of success, where her sisters had failed. And the more she succeeded, the harder it became for Pamela and Kathy to face it. Until one morning, Mrs. Stokes, the housekeeper, called Kathy for breakfast. And there was no answer.
1: Miss Kathy! Your breakfast is on the table! Oh, that girl takes a team of horses to get her out of bed! Miss Cathy, your breakfast is ready, young lady, and I ain't going to keep it warm for you another moment. Miss Cathy, answer me. I know you're... Good Lord. Locked. Now where... Uh, my key. Oh, there it is. Miss Cathy... What are you? <coughs> Gas! The heater. <coughs> oh, where's the handle? Oh, there it is. Uh, uh, Miss Pamela, Miss Pamela, come up quick. <coughs> Miss Pam,
2: what's the matter?
1: What's the matter? It's Kathy. She,
2: she's. Oh, Miss Pamela, Miss Miss Kathy. Here, let me. Kathy? Kathy, dear? Let me see. Her pulse. Well, she's alive. Call Dr. Johnson, quickly. Well, do you think she... Don't stand there like an idiot. Call the doctor. Yes, Miss Pamela, right away. Hello, Pamela. Well, it's nice of you to leave your work, Sally.
3: That's a peculiar remark to
2: make. I think it's apropos at the moment. I don't. As usual, I suppose we disagree. Well, where is she? In there, with Dr. Johnson. Will she be all right? I don't know yet. Well, I'm
3: going in, and I'm going- Wait
2: a minute! You're not going in there!
3: You can't stop me, Pamela. I've got a right to know. And since you didn't choose to tell me over the phone, I'll find out for myself. I said wait! Kathy is my sister, too, Pamela. She doesn't belong to you. You've had her under your thumb for so long, the poor girl can't
2: even think for herself. All right, go on in if you want to kill her. What do you mean by that? I've managed to convince Dr. Johnson it was an accident. It was an accident. She left the gas heater on. You've never been very clever, Sally. Kathy tried to kill herself. You're wrong. You're making it up. She didn't have a reason. I admit it wasn't a very good reason, but it's been used a thousand times. Go on. It's a man, Sally, and a rather shabby specimen at that. She was in love? Yes. How long has it been going on?
3: Six months or more. Who is it, Pamela? Your fiance. Henry? Why why you're wrong. You, you you must be wrong. He never gave her any reason. He's he's hardly even spoken to her. You asked me and I told you. Pamela, where did Kathy get the idea that Henry French was in love with her? Tell me, Pamela, where did it come from?
2: I don't know. You stepped into that part of her life too, didn't you? Answer me. Oh, come now, Sally. Don't distort that pretty finishing school face of yours. It's your biggest asset, you know. It's gotten you everything you've ever wanted. There's no end to what it can do. How can you be so contemptuous? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe you are clever, insinuating your way into father's confidence, bowing and scraping, playing the faithful daughter when he was ill. That's why father left everything to you when he died. Fifty thousand dollars and two sisters to provide for, if and when you felt like it. We're your favorite charity, aren't we? That's part of the act, too, Lady Bountiful.
3: I've heard all I want to hear, Pamela. I am going to see Kathy, whether you like it or not. You see, I was wrong. I'm admitting it. Oh? I was wrong leaving you and Kathy under the same roof. I just hope it isn't too late to do anything about it.
2: Perhaps you're forgetting it's my roof, too.
3: As long as I choose to let you stay here, Pamela. It's funny, isn't it, Pamela? Try to be fair, try to do the right thing, and it all blows up in your face. Well, Dr. Johnson?
0: Well, I think she's going to be all right.
3: May I see her, Doctor? Oh, uh, she asked for Pamela. I'm sure if she knows I'm here... Uh, Perhaps you'd better wait, Sally.
0: Uh, She was rather specific. What do you mean, specific? She, um, she doesn't want to see you, Sally.
2: I'll go in, Doctor. Are you going to wait, Sally?
0: No, I'll go. I left her a prescription on the dresser, Pamela. Three drops and half a glass of water every four hours. May I drop you off somewhere, Sally? Oh, thank you,
3: Doctor.
1: Kathy? Kathy, are you all right? No. No, I'm not all right. I'll never be all right anymore.
2: You mustn't feel that way, dear.
1: I made a mess of this, too. I never do things right, do I,
2: Pam? What... what will Henry think of me? They only know what I told them, Kathy. They think it was an accident. Don't worry about Henry, dear.
1: You must have been wrong, Pam. He doesn't love me. He would have told me. He wouldn't have just
2: gone off with Sally. Now, maybe you believe me now, Kathy. She's capable of anything. She owns it all now. The house, the money, and now Henry French. Don't you see, Kathy? He was the only thing she didn't have. He was yours, and she made up her mind she wanted him, too. He never told me. Of course he didn't. Sally never gave him a chance. I hate her.
1: It's awful, Pam, but I can't help it. I hate her. So do I. What can we do?
2: Well... Maybe you'd better rest a while now.
1: No! now, Now tell me! Pam, what are we going to do? Kathy, we're going to
2: kill her.
0: Well, Pamela, jealousy can do strange things to a mind like yours, can't it? And it's a peculiar mind, filled to the bursting point with frustrated black hatred for your sister Sally accumulated during the long years the three of you spent under the same roof with your father. She always had everything, didn't she? You and Kathy had to take what was left and like it. Yes, Pamela, that jealous hatred has brought you to the point where you'll stop at nothing. Lying, cheating, twisting the truth in such a way that your poor, gullible sister Kathy believes that the very existence of Sally condemns her to begging for crumbs at Sally's table when the bread is rightfully hers. And you've thought of everything, haven't you, Pamela? You're confident that Kathy is prepared for the talk with Sally that's bound to come sooner or later.
3: Look, Kathy, I know I'm right about Pamela.
1: Why must you always talk about Pamela? Pamela didn't do this. If it wasn't for Pamela... oh. Stop it, will you? I tell you, Pamela is the only one in the world I can turn to. Kathy, please, please believe me, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. You are, dear. She's filled your mind with all sorts of hateful lies about me and Henry. Why do you keep throwing that in my face? Henry, Henry, Henry. He's all yours now, isn't he? You've got him. And you're smart, just like she said. All right. Take him. Marry him. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference now. Kathy,
3: apparently there is nothing I can do or say that will make any difference in the way you feel. I promised father I'd take care of you. Well, I'm leaving you the house and all the furniture. And I'm making arrangements for a trust fund that will provide for both of you.
1: That's charitable
3: of you? Under the circumstances, I think it is. I'll expect you and Pamela to be civil to Henry until we leave. Is that clear?
1: Is he coming here? Yes. To live?
3: Yes, for a week or so.
1: I... I don't understand. It's very simple.
3: We're going to be married tonight.
0: Yes, Pamela. Kathy was prepared, wasn't she? Sally was right. Nothing she could do or say would make any difference. Because Kathy is yours, isn't she? For too many years, she's depended on you for guidance. Look to you for advice regarded everything you said as true and everything else as false. Yes, jealousy is a strange thing, Pamela. It's been there deep inside for as long as you can remember and it was convenient for you to find a cause for it. Sally and your father, the legacy, the house, the money. But now that's gone, isn't it, Pamela? Sally's been pretty fair about it. She and Henry are married now. And you have the house and your share of the money. That's what's strange about jealousy. The cause is gone. But it's still there. Stronger than ever. And with it, your plan for murder.
2: Did you get the key to their room from Mrs. Stokes?
1: Yes. I... uh, Well, here it is.
2: She doesn't know you have it?
1: No. She's gone to the store. I took it off the
2: hook. Give it to me.
1: What are you going to do?
2: Just look around a little. Why? Henry's things are up there. He brought them in last night before they left. Well? I'm just curious, Kathy. Just curious. (laughs) All right now, Kathy, you can put the key back now.
1: Did you find anything?
2: Yes, several things. What? Kathy, I'll do the shopping tomorrow.
1: Shopping? Pam, you never do- I'll tell you
2: later. It seems Mr. French is a vicious man, Kathy. Perhaps you're just as well rid of him. Vicious? Of course. He must be, dear. Otherwise, why would he keep a loaded revolver in the upper drawer of his dresser?
0: Well, Miss Pamela, what are you doing around here? Why, you ain't been in this store for six months now.
2: Oh, I thought the drive might do me good.
0: Well, what will it be?
2: A small rolled roast, please. About three pounds, perhaps?
0: I got just the thing for you here. You ain't looking too well. If you don't mind me saying so, uh, something wrong?
2: No, nothing.
0: All right. Aha! This'll do.
2: Yes, that will be fine.
0: It's kind of small.
2: Oh, it'll do, Mr. Watkins. You, you see, Kathy and I haven't been too well lately.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. See, I thought so. Now, come on. What's up?
2: I, oh, I know I shouldn't say anything, but I've got to talk to someone, Mr. Watkins.
0: Gosh, is, is it that bad?
2: I don't know. It's Sally and that husband of hers.
0: You don't say.
2: Oh, they've been quarreling dreadfully. It's been going on all morning, and I just had to get away from it.
0: Well, they was only married night before last.
2: You- you won't say anything, will you, Mr. Watkins? Promise me.
0: Sure, sure.
2: Well, it's about the estate. Sally told him she was going to deed part of it to Kathy and me, and he flew into the most dreadful fit of temper I could hardly-
0: Well, here's your sugar, Mrs. Pamela.
2: Thank you, Mr. Kennedy. You you won't say anything, will you?
0: Oh, no, no, no. Ain't there anything you can do? Ah, let's see. That'll be $3 for the lube and oil. And another two dollars for the gasoline, Mrs. Pamela. Total of five dollars. Here you are, Mr. Spencer. Thank you, Mrs. Pamela. Uh, You know, I had a hard time keeping my mind on servicing your car after what you told me.
2: You... you won't say anything, will you?
0: Oh, of course not, of course not, Miss Pamela. Not a word. You're very efficient, aren't you, Pamela? The town of Newton is like a smooth pond. All you have to do is cast a few pebbles here and there, and the ripples spread over the whole surface, clear to the edges. There's another step now, a very important one. Sally is hostile and suspicious, and you're going to need her confidence.
2: Who is it? Pamela. Well, Pamela? May I come in? Must you? Please don't make it difficult for me, Sally. I don't understand. I have something to tell you. I'd like to come in and sit down, if you don't mind. All right, Pamela. Well? I... I've been doing a lot of thinking, Sally, and... and I haven't slept much. Not since you told us about the house and the money. This is so unexpected, I... Well, you see, it threw me a little off balance. What are you trying to say? You know me so well, Sally. The past few years have been hard, and I know I've been unreasonable and difficult Pamela, you're trying to say you're sorry, aren't you? Why, I'm so clumsy at this sort of thing. I do so want to have you and Henry forgive me. Oh, my dear, I really believe you mean it. I do, Sally. I do mean it. And I'm going to try and make Kathy understand, too. You were right, Sally. I've been such a terrible influence on the poor thing.
3: Oh, darling, I'm so happy that it's working out. Oh, Sally, I... I... (laughs) Oh, come on now. Let's forget all about it. I'm sure Henry will understand. It's odd, isn't it? I... I had the feeling underneath that somehow it it would work out. I just knew it, Pam. Thank you, Sally. Thank you. No, you go on down and tell Kathy. I've just got to finish this packing. Packing? But... but you're not leaving until the end of the week. Oh, Henry has to make a business trip to New York. Some things he has to settle up before we leave. When's he going? Tonight. He's leaving at nine. Oh, that reminds me. I I must call a cab. He said to be sure to have it here for him promptly at nine. Now you run down and tell Kathy it's all cleared up, will you?
2: Oh, of course, Sally. Of course. That's what I get for avoiding them. How could I have been so stupid?
1: It's all right, Pam.
2: Henry will be back. Oh, don't be ridiculous. He's leaving for New York tonight, and then they're taking the steamer from there in four days. No, Kathy, he's not coming back. He'll send for her, and she'll meet him there. But isn't there some way? There's only one way. It's got to happen tonight. Pam, I'm scared. Maybe we- Oh, stop gibbering, Kathy! The town is ready for it, and it's going to happen. Henry French is going to shoot his wife in a fit of temper and try to leave the country. Pam!
1: Pam! The gun! How are we going to get the gun? We can't do it without the gun! And it's in his dresser, and, and, and she's in there, and I I said
2: stop gibbering! I've got to think! Turn on the light. It's getting dark in here. Yes, Pam. Light. Yes! The light! That's it! The light! What is it, Pam? The basement. Kathy, the fuse box is in the basement, in the furnace room. The fuse box? He'll get here about six. I'll go down in the basement and unscrew a fuse. The lights will go out. You know Henry, he'll trot down to the basement to fix it. What about Sally? I'll wait till she's downstairs. You'll be on the second floor in your room at the end of the corridor, and then, when he leaves, you can go into the room and get the gun.
0: You can see it pretty clearly now, can't you, Pamela? The People vs. Henry French. The charge? Murder. It's easy to think they're in the basement, as you wait in a dark corner after you unscrew the fuse, and listen to the confusion upstairs as they stumble around in the dark. Then, as an afterthought, you find an old blown out fuse on the shelf and screw it into place just in case Henry might wonder how perfectly good Fuse could come unscrewed by itself. Then, when it's over, you return secretly to your room at the end of the second floor corridor.
1: Here it is. I wore my gloves, Pam, just as you told me.
2: Alright, now listen. We haven't much time. He's down there now waiting for the taxi. Have you got your watch on? Yes. Now let's see. Ah, luminous dial, that's good. Now listen carefully. The taxi is calling promptly at nine o'clock. Understand it's going to happen shortly after he leaves, about five past nine. Who's going to do it? You are. Oh, Pam! (laughs) Got to. I'll have to be upstairs. You'll be in the basement. Henry will leave in the taxi at nine, and I'll get Sally up on the second floor on some pretense. At five past nine, I'll scream that you've fallen down the basement stairs. She'll run down.
1: Yes. Yes, Pam, I
2: understand. Now remember, not until after nine o'clock. We've got to be sure Henry is gone. All right,
1: Pam. I'll look
2: at my watch. I I promise. Good. Now you better get down there. It would be rude of me not to be there to say goodbye to him.
0: So the time has come, hasn't it, Pamela? Forty years of pent-up hatred is about to find relief at last. For the first time in your life, you're actually cordial to Henry as you make small talk with him in the entrance hallway, and you feel a glow of satisfaction as you watch him carry his bags to the waiting taxi. Then... Just as you begin to wonder why Sally isn't there to see him off, you hear a foot on the stairs, and your heart stops.
2: Sally! What's the matter? Why is that... ah, the suitcase. You're in traveling clothes. Well, what's the matter with that? You're going too. Oh,
3: (laughs) that's it. I, I guess I'm not used to having you concerned for me, Pam. As a matter of fact, we decided just five minutes ago... I convinced Henry that walking out on his wife after four days of marriage was a pretty dirty trick. Yes, yes, dear, I'm coming. Well, goodbye, Pamela. I'll
2: wire you if we decide not to come back. Sally? Sally, you you can't! What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing, Sally. Goodbye.
0: You watch, unbelieving, as she walks down the steps to the taxicab. It failed, didn't it? Just like everything else you have ever tried, Sally succeeded, and you failed. There's a lump in your throat. You're all choked up with disappointment and bitter, corrosive hatred. Then, suddenly, you realize there is another way. You've got to get to Kathy and tell her. You glance at the clock. 8.45. It's still safe. Then, over to the basement door. Kathy? Kathy? Kathy Pamela was smart Kathy? Mrs. French. but she forgot one thing Pam, the Pam. clock on the wall read 8:45 so she figured it was safe to go down to the basement door where Kathy so it didn't work out Pamela where Kathy was You're waiting failure to kill you even in death she forgot and without though, you it was not she's helpless now and when now, she pulled the fuse thing there there the, out out the, the officers throw at her the clock trying to lost. lie her way out of a hopeless 18 trap 18 minutes And Sally stands there, unbelieving, as the hatred, the jealousy, come to the surface for all the world to see. More questions. More stumbling answers. More still, until finally...
1: Alright! We did it! We planned to kill her!
0: (laughs) Okay, take her away, Joe. Well, there you are, Mrs. French.
3: I I can't believe it. It's it's so fantastic.
0: Yeah, it is at that. They knew Mr. French was leaving at nine, planned to kill you with his gun.
3: In the dresser drawer? That's where he kept it.
0: Pamela was smart, Mrs. French, but she forgot one thing. The clock on the wall read 845, so she figured it was safe to open the basement door where Kathy was waiting to kill you. She forgot that it was an electric clock. When she pulled the fuse down there, and cut out the current. The clock lost 18 minutes. And that concludes our reincarnation of the Strange Sisters from the Whistler and another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'd like to thank my cast for helping me bring this script back to life, and new episodes can be found every Thursday on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you never miss an announcement, and leave us a review while you're at it. Tell us what you think. Hopefully, we raised a hair or two. But for now, that's it for me, Dave Stishon, and the rest of us at the Reincarnated Radio podcast, where we scared your grandpappy first.